Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out on the jukebox singing Honk, it's all women Welcome to the podcast Pod gave rock and roll to you. This week we will be discussing Electric Light Orchestra's Showdown. And stick around for a cover of the song afterwards. I chose Showdown because huge yellow fan, Electric Light Orchestra. If you don't know, uh, now, now you know. know. Which is pretty much just a band. It's pretty much just Jeff Lynne. I mean, he, he writes most of the songs. He produces most of the songs. This was their first hit, 1973. It was on their third album, I believe. Ever, my mom listened to ELO a lot when I was young, and I just from Evil Woman to Mr. Blue Sky, do you, Mr. Blue Sky? What it's Mr. Blue, right? Mm, it's Mr. Blue, Mr. Sky. Blue Sky. Yeah, I right. But this song always just had this particular groove. Like it starts off with that kind of typical little flourish of strings that he does in a lot of songs, cello. But then he just you enter this groove that you know listening to it. A lot this week. Every time I listen to it, I, you know the words are a little—I don't want to say nonsensical—but you can interpret them differently every time you hear the song. And it, it, you know, it sounds like a, a, a stormy relationship or like a quick dalliance, like a quick romance, a lot of passion. What, what was that word you said before? Dalliance. Did you say dalliance? Yeah, I did say. Dalliance. <laughs> I was just want to be clear because I was like, "Oh, nice." That's <laughs> it. Pops in. It's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good D word. It's a good Scrabble word for you <laughs> if you ever get the two L's. If you get the LLs, that's right, motherfucker. You can yeah. only see the look on her face. Do you have, oh. a, you have a, that Scrabble tattoo? After, yeah. <laughs> Scrabble tat. Yeah, yeah, on, on my lower back. Scrabble is life. <laughs> Scrabble life. Scrabble life. It's hard out here. But anyway, so it, it's just like it goes from that string flourish to my favorite, probably my interpretation of it. It's like you meet someone out of nowhere. You don't know if it's going to end well. And in that sense, you're not sure if the night was great or awful, but it's definitely epic. You know, that's kind of the story I think he tells. And I think that's kind of the song. That's the groove itself. Yeah, um, I love how it's so funky and it comes in with like uh, just sweeping strings and it is very classic ELO. And just that bass line that drops is, is very nice. And like you said, I love the imagery of like a woman coming in on the southern wind. It's just a very cool line. I love all the instruments used on it. I love like the clav, just uh, just the guitar work. The it's it's very classic ELO, and like like you said, it's one of their first kind of hits. It was very early, and it was one of their first songs other than "Roll Over Beethoven" that you could even really play on the radio. You know, like oh yeah, a lot of it was so experimental, and this is just straight up kind of. It's not pop. But it, I guess it was back then. It's a almost like bit. an interruption. You know, there's yeah. the strings, and it's like right, now we interrupt this experimental yeah. string and album I think, for I like think it a was, sweet it, groove. What made it commercial was the funk and just and just a concise four minute song instead of their eight minute epics that they always. Is have. it funk though? I, I never thought it's it was funky. It's funky. It's, it's, it's super it's funky. funky to it. Yeah, it's not funk. It's but not it's like funky. It's not, yeah, it's not hardcore funk. But it's. <laughs> I, I would more describe like groovy. Is there a difference between groovy and funky? Like funky's is more it, technical. Yeah, so, but is it like there's a lot it's of things the that are gro- funky's always groovy, but groovy's not always funky. It's like whiskey and bourbon and that. So. <laughs> this is fucking rhythm for white people conversation we're having. It's like ah, but as we have a four point five on the fucking funk scale on the funk meter, the funkometer is going off the charts. <laughs> no, it's it, 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 it's got that vibe, but it's not syncopated enough to be like. 
funky and the like, like yeah. James Brown because the beat's very straight ahead. Yeah, it's, I think it's just the bass. Well, and you so still have those little string parts. It's got tons of swing. Like that's the underlying thing that is in all things good music, like be it funk or whatever. It's always going to be that. It's got that swing. It's got a great rhythm to it. You know, I dig this tune. To me, this tune is where it, it it's a vibe. I feel like it's really draws a lot from Heard It Through the Grapevine, actually. Yes, yeah, like, for a sure. lot. Huh. For sure, Some of the most interesting parts sound like a Marvin Gaye song I prefer. But it's good. It's cool. And you hear, like, Jeff Lynn's, like, pro- I just hear, like, a master producer and a decent song. I hear, like, I think the song's cool. It's a great vibe there again, though. It's one of those, it defines the 70s, kind of. Like, it just... It's this song couldn't be of any other era than the seventies, and that's a hell of a thing. I mean, to uh, to really, I guess, be part of the zeitgeist, I guess the word would be. But it it really is. It's got a great vibe. I don't know if it's a, if, it's a, if it's truly a spectacular song. It feels like Jeff Lynne found a niche and just wore it the fuck out. Like with evil, this song's like Evil Woman. Point two point yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say. It was it was their. Like I said, it was their first um, soiree into this kind of music, like just a, a compact pop song. And like a lot of their other songs, Evil Woman and uh, Don't Bring Me Down. Don't Bring Me it's, Down. It's, it's like that. It's just got that, that sound to it. But I would even say that because what you're talking about, 2.0, I would say it's like almost a minus point 2.0 because it's like a prequel. It's the first. Okay, and you so, can, you can so hear Evil Woman then. Is, I, I'll agree with Genesis. you. Like, which, no. one is the, which one first? This one. Okay, this so is this their is first Genesis. hit. This is their first hit. Okay, gotcha. The so, Evil Woman. Gotcha. Yeah, so okay. Evil Woman, all that stuff came after. And you can even hear cool. Yeah, kind that of, stuff's in the late 70s. Yeah, this was like You can hear, like, this is maybe his first time where he's like, ooh, I can write this kind of song. I can combine rock and strings. But you know what? Really, It sounds like everything Dylan wrote in a minor fucking key that where he just gets into his film noir vibe, <laughs> this is that shit. So it's like a guy who loves Dylan and obviously has worked with Dylan and so, but you hear the math. What I hear more than anything in this song is a master producer. Yeah, just I mean, what he and is. I think he became. You know, I mean, he showed that in later years with the Wilburys. I mean, right, he produced right, that. Right. A lot of all Tom Petty's uh, solo yeah, exactly. albums. Exactly. I think you hear him. Right. Exactly. And all ELO albums he produced, and they have. Uh, I saw them at the Bowl a couple years, Hollywood Bowl a couple years ago, and it was just phenomenal. And yeah. I, just, I knew every song that they yeah. played. He still got it. Too. It's definitely I mean, some of the best music to do drugs to. <laughs> well. That's enough. That's is that the seventies in it where it's like yes. where it's like okay we got because it, it's like it's it a it's like a breakup song on coke. It's also the best song to have a mustache too. Just to be clear. <laughs> well, and I I think it has to do with too that uh, what you brought up. It's almost like where the band is um, very into classical music. You know what I mean? They're they're just they're they're trained just musicians. They're they're not. You know, like they're very technical, and it's it's, it's it's very well well crafted music. But how do you do it? Did he just hire players? I mean, is that what it was? Well, no. Cause, it, cause when it started, band, right? when it started out, there was three guys. There was um, E L and O, <laughs> Jeff Lynn and Wood, a guy with yeah, Jeff Lynn and, and Wood, and then another guy. The founding members of E L O are songwriters, multi instrumentalists Jeff Lynn and Roy Wood, with drummer. Bev Bevan. One guy left, one guy stayed on for a while, and then he left and tried to start a band called ELO2. <laughs> and then he. I mean, with that kind of creativity, I can't believe he didn't just fucking then, rocket to he, start him. Well, and then, and then he followed that up with, oh, not ELO2, I'll just call it The Orchestra. To be fair, the first name for Led Zeppelin was the New Yardbirds. So, oh, well, good things you know, do come um, from terrible stuff. Well, hey, but, you, you throw something out there and you're like, we'll just do this for now. For the, most part, for the most part, it's been, it's been Jeff Lynn's brainchild. And then I think in the late 70s, 
he kind of almost rebranded it as Jeff Lynn's ELO, um, which is kind of, and then he was like, nah, that's stupid. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the only person here, dude. No one has to be we clear. It's but, but I think he basically, he's, he writes everything. I mean, it's even on this song. I read that there's no record of who did the female vocals and they think he did them and messed with the pitch. Ah. It sounds like it. I, yeah. didn't, I, I never heard any of that. They, well, they're because there's no, there's no they're not one used that much in the. In well, the yeah, it's just like yeah. I just, didn't hear anything that made me think I, heard, I was hearing a woman. Where huh. she comes in like. There's a couple parts him. that I listened well, after I read that. I, I went back and listened. Harmony in there, so yeah. Yeah. it doesn't really sound no, like that. No, I'll um. Hold side note. Craziest example of dudes sounding like chicks is fucking Joe Cocker with a little help from my friends. Those are dudes. <laughs> huh? It's dudes. It is incredible. I, so anyway, I saw it's I can't dudes. remember his name I saw it and it was I, I, it kind of pissed me off but like I don't know it was like the hipster irony that, that exists today where it was like this old kind of black R&B singer had the, his background vocalists were like these three hipster white dudes you know with their mustaches and their and vests or, or, or flannels or whatever you know just singing and it was just like where was this? it's at the mm-hmm. L right who yeah. was the artist? I can't think of his name right now. Who are the dudes that you couldn't fucking stand? I want names. <laughs> no, he was great. I mean, he was great. No, I'm talking about the backup dude. Yeah. The artist was Charles Bradley. But um so anyway, anyway. the going back to like the, the the vibe part that you brought up again, which it, it really is. Like from the first notes, you're kind of like in the English, you know, I don't know what he's trying to evoke with the strings, but there's like urgency. It's like real fat Fast. Fast. I don't Fast. think he's trying to evoke it. And I then, think that's just his sound. But the, but you immediately drop into yeah. this groovy world that's falling apart. And well, well, you know what that is. It, we talked about this. What? This is hot bacon cold lettuce, brother. It's you set him up with the major orchestral orchestral shit, and then you drop in on funky bass line, which but is it's the opposite. so fast. Mm-hmm. But it sets the. But it, that's that's why it's, it's mis- so good. It's misdirection. It's, it's black it's and white. Yeah. So you 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 fall into this kind of groovy world that. Has some undertones. I guess that's because it's in a minor key, right? No, well, like some dark undertones. You wouldn't have it in a major key if you were trying to establish. I don't know. Yeah, what you can have undertones, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in like G funk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely has like the 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 big the big collar the big collar part of it is definitely the fucking like the minor the bell bottom and leather. Like that's definitely uh Well, like when I was listening to it, on my comment. Yeah, yeah, it deserved one. It deserved one. You're not getting away without one. But it's almost like you enter this world that's falling apart. Like, it, like, drops into this groove. Yeah. Everything's falling apart. And you don't necessarily know what's happening. You know, she blew in on the southern wind. But it's almost like a nightmare that you don't mind being a part of. Right? (laughs) No? When did you write that? Today playing golf. Today playing golf. (laughs) Today playing golf. Oh, let's do oh my God. Golfing. Golf is a nightmare I don't want to be a part of. Just for, <laughs> for the record. I've spent, I've spent way too much time on a golf course to not play golf. <laughs> that was not a... That was... <laughs> hey, man. Go on, go, hey, man. I like the fact that you went for it. I yeah, did. yeah, no, no. I was ready. Yeah, I was, was like, it up. You were just it up. Whip it out, Josh. Make just it fucking rain. whip it so, out. So just lyrically, I, I do love the... We were talking about Van Morrison before... Where a lot of songs, where the name of the song is kind of the last little uh, phrase of each verse, and then there's a chorus that's something different. Whether it's no words or in this song, it's about yeah. you know the longest night. Is is there a name for that? There like, probably is. I don't know it because it does feel like a, it feels like a device, right? Like it feels yeah, like it's a, a particular. Div- yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a good way to put and it. I, it is, I usually love it's a way songs to write that, songs, and I usually love songs that that use that device. Can you think mm-hmm. of any other ones? 
Well, we just named ten Van Morrison songs. No, we said they didn't. We, we said they didn't use any words in the chorus. It, it doesn't matter. The chorus is still not the name of the Unless song. Unless the song's called La 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 La. I'm going to say, you said that it, But this is different because it just ends with it's going to be a The last down. words are the title. That's hmm. what, like... I feel like a lot of old songs, but when I think about that, they, they're, it's bad. Those are basically just verses. Well, I mean, the, to be fair, it's, is, it's tough to think on the spot. So yeah. I hear what you're saying, but like... Well, it is cool because it is cool. every... Cool. The, each verse ends with showdown. Yeah, 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 and well, it's not. That, that's definitely a, a lyrical device. That's it's like it's what you're left with. Yeah, when everything mm-hmm. sifts out, like it comes down to like that, and it's cool, man. I tell you, it's definitely got a. It just makes me want to drive a Camaro and kill somebody in a drug deal. <laughs> I, I don't think you know it, it doesn't makes me doesn't make me feel like I want to kill anybody. I mean, I don't mean like I want to because I have to. Yeah, yeah. I have to defend myself <laughs> not, because not the drug deal in 1978 in Florida went wrong. I had to. Kill no, him. yeah, no, I was life. with you with Camaro, but. No, I'm saying when you like, went to murder. It's the, it's the CG film noir element of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, I get that. I'm not saying it, I want to kill somebody. Well, because it's raining. Because to the film noir part, the chorus sets up like actual atmosphere. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, you could interpret it like that, which I do like. Or you know, the raining could be like the hangover after this. Not you know, like right. the hangover after whatever this is it has ended. I'll tell you this, man. Offhand, I, I'm having a hard time thinking. Maybe outside of Pink Floyd. And, and some some Beatles like well the, that of somebody that combines harmonic sophistication and like rhythm and R and B undertones the same way because like he's really working in two different like fields there at the same time and that's you know I can't think of many people who do that. that's really impressive and classical well yeah that's part of, that's a harmonic sophistication uh, I'm talking about yeah. and so and well, yeah, but that on top of that with a bed of R and B. It's impressive. Like it's you don't hear that too often. Well, it's funny you say Beatles because you know. This oh, Bowie, song, Golden Years does the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the Beatles. This sounds. John Lennon said this is a beautiful combination of I heard it through the grapevine, Lightning Strikes by Luke Christie, and it's a beautiful job with a little I'm the Walrus underneath. And it does. There was a yeah. moment when I listened to it and I was like, this kind of sounds like yeah, I'm and the it's walrus. cool because. But he also <laughs> called Jeff Lynne and ELO the son of the Beatles, which is kind of a compliment and of like a little oh, a little little brother pat it, on the it, back it, like it, fuck you but here's the thing good. here's the thing though oh, good for you but here's the upside here's the, here's where i would i would defend jeff lynn it's like there were no beatles in the 70s asshole so what the fuck like right yeah like there were no so it, this sounds like what the beatles might have turned into if they yeah, had and how can you not? And, and in that time, how can you not be influenced by them? I mean, really, well, especially in England as a guitar player. Well, he said it. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, everyone's influenced by the Beatles. That's why they're important. Like, but it, it does feel like a. It feels like the Beatles, but through a different lens. And there again, I don't. Th- I don't know if the songwriting is really the thing, but it's just a production and the imagination. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Anne Rice. Yeah. But one of the cornerstone things with. Uh, in uh, the interview with the vampire with Armand and um, Louis is that he's like, I need someone to connect me to this age. Cause if you're 800 years old, you don't know what yeah. this, this song connects you to the seventies in a way oh. that very few songs. do. And yes, it does connect you to the seventies. And just, just a quick note. I love Jeff Lynn's look from the seventies to now, just like <laughs> has it changed huge hair, beard, oversized sunglasses, huge seventies lapel, like a sick vest and a nice jacket. He's always looking so fly. Like, and it's always been the same. It's never but changed. But 70s fly. Yeah, always 70s fly. And I mean, Super God fly. bless him. God bless him. <laughs> Super fly is what you guys are looking for. I think. No, here's the thing. There's a, there's a, uh, a documentary on him, uh, maybe on Netflix or Amazon Prime. And he's sitting in the middle of this very 
large, nice living room with a gold top mm-hmm. and a fireplace. And it's and he's just like hanging out with his fro and his beard and his glasses. I think he was born with those sunglasses on. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I think you don't really t- tend to hear, but he came and out with them. Like his yeah. hair is out of control. I don't know if he has a perm or if it's but just simultaneously curly, out of control but... and perfectly controlled. That's a fucking oxymoron. That it's both out of control and totally in control. I know. Is it a perm or is it just natural? It's also, it's also so, as I said, I saw him at the bowl a couple years ago. He looks the same. He also sounds the same. Like, he hasn't really lost any. Yeah, and um, I mean, even their um, that middle of the road. Jonathan, totally yeah. did you listen to their, they just released I, an album. Oh, did they? Yeah. It's not and bad. It's, it's, it sounds exactly I mean, like 70s and yellow. A, I think I have an yellow, but I'm good. Well, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'm not going to play it in my rotation, but I was like, I have a couple gonna, songs in my rotation. I'm not going to lie. From the new ELO? From the new one, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's good ELO. enough. It sounds like I, late seventies ELO. You love the vibe. But again, I love ELO. I, I, my mom listened to it a lot when I was younger. And I, I do, I find like he does have a way to take you out. Uh, like all of his songs are very dreamlike. That's all that orchestral harmonic. Yes. You know, like, that's what, important. Probably I mean, my favorite person. song of his is is like a sapper um, is telephone line. I just the worst you that like song. You like that better than Which can't get that out one? of my head? <laughs> that's close. Yeah. Sing, just sing a couple messages. I just want to hear. telephone line. Give me some time. I'm living in twilight. Is that a big song of theirs? Yeah, it was it was a hit. Um, it was on one of their bigger albums. But you've heard the "Can't Get It Out of My Head." Can't get it out of my head. It's, you're right. That's my favorite song yeah, out there. Yeah. How's that one go? He's like, "Can't get it out of my head." And yeah, so so so, but the, like that song has the uh, midnight on the water. I saw the ocean's daughter. Walking on the wave, she came smiling as she called my name. Walking like this, on the this song you can tell. Like came. this song was. Ooh, he's like, I can basically write these because, as I, as I said earlier, the one of the cool things about the lyrics of this song is it's only two verses in the chorus. Uh, well, if you count the maybe four verses, but it's two two verses chorus, two verses chorus, right? And every time I listen to it, I can, it can be interpreted a different way. Where it's like you can you can dive into this little that vibe and this scene and figure out like did he ever meet the girl is this somebody he saw on a train that he can tell is in the same spot that he's in they're both kind of low down and like if they ever met it would probably end back poorly but it would be very short and passionate what do you like better than the song the verse or the chorus the verse. I, li- I, I, I like i think the verse yeah the verse. yeah the verse yeah. the verse is better yeah, because I mean the chorus is very. I guarantee you, they wrote you, the verse. The last. chorus, the yeah, chorus the chorus just gets you from verse to verse. The chorus, I mean, the chorus. The verse. The chorus is almost just like two bridges. It's like he plays the bridge twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the bridge? There is no, no bridge. bridge. Then how can you play it twice? I'm just saying, like the chorus, it's basically like a bridge. Oh, there okay. is no chorus. Yeah, there is. It's, right, it's just a. It's like a refrain or something, right? Like. Yeah. yeah, and it breaks it up perfectly. So you could, I guarantee you, you can almost get like forensics with it. That they wrote that last. Yeah. Well, what do you? Yeah. Well, he wrote. I read that he wrote the lyric. He wrote the riff. Exactly. And he exactly. was like, "I fucking love this riff." For all you want to be songwriters out there, start with something that you can't put down, and then figure it out from there. Do not try to start with something and then get somewhere. Like start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And try to fill yeah, it. Yeah, work out. your way. If, out if you like way. something, whether it's a line or a riff or just a right. melody. Just stick with it. Hammer it. Hammer it. And just remember it. Record it. Keep it. 
just wait. It could be five years, ten years in the future. That I mean, you're just like, some songs are just it. two chords. Some yeah. songs like don't. Some songs are just one chord. Like, but if it's good enough, just mm-hmm. don't let go of it. This song is all minor chords with a seven, with a major seven, with a dominant seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the difference between a major and a dominant seven? Okay, to be technical, so a chord is it consists of if you play a major scale, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You take out the one, three, and the five. You put them together. That's a chord. If you play the seven from the major scale, the the T do re mi fa so la T that seventh note, that is a major seven. If you flatten that a half step, it's called a dominant seven. And they tend to just call it the seven because yeah, yeah. in the natural overtone series of like like physics, like how notes reverberate, the flattened seventh is a more natural naturally resonant tone than the major seven major seven is very jazzy it's, it's like very breezy and it's very cool the dominant seven is the bluesy dirty drug dealing seven <laughs> so that's what it comes into seven. now so now we go to the drug dealing part i so there was a show <laughs> that there was a show that that i watched recently called mrs american it starts off with this song from the 70s a show yeah it's about phyllis schlafly who was you know kind of impressive but also terrible Oppressive and terrible? Impressive. Oh, impressive. I was like, that's redundant. Um, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but the the opening theme was a very popular song from the seventies that had like one of those grooves. What song was it? Um Insert song here. Uh, <laughs> just one of those specific it was probably like a Bee Gees tune, maybe. Oh. It's just a very specific disco beat, you know, that you'd want to do the fingers and point. You know? I wish the world could see yeah, yeah, right? what I'm seeing. I wish the world could see through my own eyes just for this moment. This <laughs> that moment. was terrible. <laughs> but what I did, I, I, I found when I was listening to this one time this week that I was like, I wonder if all the 70s songs was the same as like doing a line of Coke. Did a line of Coke, you get in this groove that you're just like, boom, there's a lot of urgency. And then like after like three minutes of that same groove, you're like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Just about the 70s and uh, talking about these songs we've been talking about, I love that this was another one take, one, you know, just quick afternoon song who was playing on like where did he did he just go higher like probably the best session players no no right? I mean he had, at, the, at this point early they had a band I mean oh, it was a, a band. yeah yeah it was a band early uh, I think as uh, as it progressed into the late 70s he did most of the writing and playing I mean yeah. let me well, ask this is he like, only did vocal and guitar on this song yeah which is which is not what he usually did because he said he always maintained that he is not a good guitar player but to bring but to bring it into like modern like relevance, is this like a Tame Impala situation? Yes, he, kind he had of. a band, but like they, they differed yeah, on no, every album. It wasn't like there's five guys that have there's to like be on seven. This. There's seven guys playing on this song. I know, but are they guys no, that Jeff no, called not. to be like come play? Yes. With, yeah, yes. I, they're hired hands. Well, they, they they played on that album. So when he had a new album ready. He figured out who he wanted yeah, to play on that album. Band, right. and then but, that he, was, no, he, but he hired. Yes. It's, a, it's a session. He hired session players. ELO is shot. That's but, why it took one take. But listen, the best but listen I, think, I think that when they regrouped in the, after their 80s breakup, I think it became more of a Jeff Lynne thing. I think for a while, every album, he had a band that he toured with and whatnot. Basically, I thought that it was all Jeff Lynne from you know A to Z from the start. But it, it wasn't. Like, at, at the start, there, there was guys. In the but band. I mean, like... I mean, is he is he writing and yeah. hiring, telling people? So what I know to what do you're saying. This, so, so, so there's a there's a band that I really like that you probably wouldn't. Neil, I know you like. Oh, I know that band. They're they're, they're called mm-hmm. the Fruit Bats. 
right? Yeah, I can't think. So They're basically, so this guy, this guy started. <laughs> They're so in quotation marks good. So they, this guy started a band, but he wrote all the songs and kind of all the melodies. CCR. Uh, yeah, but they were they agreed when they were young to like split everything. So they agreed. Yeah. <laughs> the fundamental difference here is that they agreed on something. Yeah. Well, th- whereas this guy just like was like, hey, I got some songs I want people to play on. And then the next album, he was like, nah, I'm going to get somebody else to play on this. You know, like it was his band because he tried to go off and do something in his own name after like three or four albums and just nobody knew about it. So he went back to the Fruit Bats because that's what he could tour. It was already and his money. thing. Yeah, well, it was his thing. But I, I feel like Jeff Lynne kind of, that's what. I, let's put it this ELO way. I've never seen anyone else being associated with I've never been like, oh, this guy from ELO. I've never yeah. seen that. Well, no, like Neil said, there was one guy. The guy, I didn't write his name down, but his last name is Wood. Yeah, Roy he Wood. Was, Roy Wood. He was the guy that, like, they started the band together. Okay. First two albums, and then Wood left to form his own band. And Jeff Lynne. ELO 2? No, no, that was it. I don't think it was Wood what? that started ELO 2. Was it? Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I do not know. But um, what I was getting at earlier, not that it had to be a first take, but just the live, just recording, just, yeah. just uh, basically in, like, one or two takes, like, it's not this uh, program stuff that you hear today. You know, it's it's you can hear everything just being. Oh, the level of musicianship is yeah top. phenomenal. Yeah, it's like pet sounds well, level. You, of well, shit if you look at like you have Len on vocals and guitars, Bev Bevan on drums and percussion, Richard Tandy on piano, Moog, Clavinet, Wurlitzer Wurlitzer. Electric yeah. Piano. There's Mike, four Mike different Mike Albuquerque on bass and backing vocals, Mike Edwards on cello, w- Wilf Gibson on violin, <laughs> and Colin Walker on cello. So I mean, Wolf, yeah. I'd like to fuck on fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, segue from that. So speaking of the musicianship, this is the first song we've done that really has like a straight up just guitar solo. Are you, you mean like a? I think this solo's killer. Right, right, right. Yeah, Whereas yeah. this is well, yeah. and it's a it's a very like just in and out, like couple bars, like exactly. I'm it's, getting my point across. It's not a jam. I'm not right, trying right. to like right, uh, right. take in you on a journey. Right, it's right. just like boom, it's just punchy. Okay. Totally. It so is, me yeah. as not a guitar player, I, I it almost sounded like a lazy guitar. But the vibe, it's 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 I, no, vibe. I, no, I think it I think it sounds well, the exact go, opposite. The exact I think yeah, it's attacks. No, just it comes in. I think Josh is saying behind the beat. And, uh, yes, yes. And that's but I think it has a very attacking nature. Just oh, it does. Bum, bum, it bites. It bites. And from the, the notes to the tone, the tone is so good. Oh, and yeah. He actually, Mark Boland was in the studio and lent him his 1953 uh, Firebird to do the solo on. They made Firebird in 53? Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently from my research. <laughs> According to Mark Boland, they did. No, so Mark Boland actually played on... Some early ELO stuff, not this song, right? But they were in the studio, same studio, and he lent him his um, his Firebird for this, and it's it 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 has that sound. I love it. It's it it really just comes in like a freight train. It's great. So, what grade would you give it if you could give this guitar solo a grade? What would you I'd give say it? ELO? It's 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 up there as far as it's this band. It's one of the best solos, like uh, just attacking, like. What can you think? What do you think of when you think of ELO guitar solo? <laughs> Josh is like, well, I think of. Uh... <laughs> it's hard to give a grade as far okay, across all time and. Yeah, well, you can say like it's a B plus. It's, it's, it's a solid it's, B plus. It's, a, it's not the like the point of this song isn't. The it's solo. the number nine best so guitar solo of all time. Uh, no, so the, the the point of this song isn't the solo. So it's it's not the emphasis. Like you can't compare this 
to an Eddie Van Halen or a Stevie Ray Vaughan because it's not that kind yes. of thing. This is kind. Of, it's kind of like you know. How would you rate the trunk of a Ferrari? It's like, ah, it's a cool <laughs> trunk, I guess. The point of a Ferrari isn't the fucking trunk, right? Yeah. So well, it's that kind of thing. It's it, it, here's it's great because it fits. Yeah. And that's what it should do. It's like how it's like wallpaper. It's part of the. But vibe. I do think, I mean, as a guitar player, I think it's one of the best parts of the song. It, it's the one that grabs me, like okay. because it comes out of nowhere. Like you don't think it's coming. That's true. And then you're like, oh. Yeah. But here's this the thing: as great. a guitar player, if I could play anything in the song, I'd play the bass in the song because the bass is mm-hmm. the fucking fun. And part. when it comes in, it's just That's I saying. hear you. But you have to agree that the like guitar solo just comes out of nowhere. You well, know? let's be clear: whoever's playing that is one of the baddest motherfuckers on earth. The I'm guitar, sure. I, I'm or the sure. Bass? The guitar part. No, oh, it's, it's Jeff Lynne. Oh, in that case, I'm totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so he got, he got. He said, "I read a quote where he was." Uh, I just told you he borrowed Mark Boland's firebird. I heard you say somebody. But I didn't know if he borrowed it and handed it to the guy who was playing no, the solo. No, like. no, he borrowed it and <laughs> and plugged it in and played the fucking solo. Well, he's a producer. I just think of him as a producer. I just think of him as a but producer. As a, but it, when you have good producers. Usually, you're going to have somebody who knows how to play a lot of instruments and knows how to get the sound they want to get out. Of. Well, I know, but it's just you know, different people. Different people do different things on you know on different levels because it's like you know, if I'm going to be the guitar player in a situation, then I'm going to be full on guitar player. But if I'm not, then it's like, oh, cool man, here you play this shit. I'll sit back and hang out and you dig yeah. it. Yeah. So it's a great solo either way. Yeah. And the thing is, the reason why I would say the guy playing it was the baddest fuck on earth, because if it was a, some session dude, he may very well have played the same solo, but he would have exercised a lot of restraint and choice by not trying to show off. Yeah. And so this mm-hmm. so this mm-hmm. has all the same effectiveness, even if he was trying his fucking best to play the best solo he could. It's mm-hmm. it, it works. And that's all that matters is that like it it works. The bass line is the I mean, the riff is the yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the song. I, it's I, I, I've never been a riff writer. I, I, I can't imagine just sitting around and coming up with this in your head and just be like, mm-hmm. Well, it's not it. that. But it, I think it started with the bum, 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 which it nece- isn't the baseline. What that is, this doesn't I mean, come from, you don't think of this. You sit and you're, you're just noodling. So what specifically are you talking about when you say the riff? That bum 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 scheme on the southern wind. Yeah, the the thing that car- the thing that happens after the orchestral intro. Yeah, this mm-hmm. the part yeah. of the, the song really. <laughs> <It's> really <laughs> the part of the song. It's just the the part of the song that you call the song. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like there's really nothing else to the song except that, right? Yeah, I mean that it's uh, that goes through the whole thing exactly. And I wonder if that was more is that more of a '70s thing where you just have all right, this is. That's like a prominent throughout the three minutes or three and a half minutes where it's just that no, one no, like riff. No, like, this is gonna just it's, it's of a certain kind part. of vibe. It's it's of a it's not a decade thing. It's a, more of a genre kind of like yeah yeah. It's we have a great riff that becomes like that becomes the whole point of everything. I mean, if you think of like Seven Nation Army or. Or, or Iron Man, like you just think of bop, and, and even like boom, bop. He's singing as he long. He's singing the riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So what's um, what was your favorite part of the song? The riff, the bass line. Yeah, I mean the thing is that when he does, when he comes in on the chorus, it's definitely cool because like he 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 takes that vibe and goes like he like he goes like he's floating above it, but then the the thing, the the chords and stuff start changing beneath him, but he's still holding that, and it creates this really interesting space between like harmony and rhythm, which, like I said, outside of a uh, outside of like maybe Golden Years or some of the Bowie stuff, it, it's a very, it's a really cool place to be, man. It, it occupies a unique space, and I think now, to his credit, if you occupy that kind of space, you're gonna sound like Jeff Lynne. Yeah, right? 
Yeah, this I mean, is the he, highest created, compliment. he created a right. sound. That's the highest compliment you could really get. He combined that, whatever, how you call it, harmonics and, and, and with rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we've talked about the, the guitar solo, um, and I think that, that would be my my the first thing I would say is my favorite part of the song, but as I listen to it more, just that note he hits on Save Me. Oh, yeah. Say, he's, he's just screaming. Oh, it's so... Save me. And his voice cracks, and it's so good. Um, and I, I actually watched a video of him. Or actually, uh, later on, he ba- he doesn't try to hit that. Like, that well, yeah. Well, but I, lo- <laughs> I love when tough. people, I love so when people do that. When, you, when you're writing verses, or when you're writing anything, and you and you have, you know, line, 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 and then you're like, oh, this line is just going to be fucking three syllables but i'm gonna yeah. make it seven mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know no. right, right, right. well it's and cool too really when you cool. read the lyrics it's like save me save me <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, oh, and, even, and even in yeah I, I i mean my favorite part of the song is just the the showdown tag at, at each one it's just like bam, it, it's almost like it i love the film noir take on it but like it just sets up something that you don't really know but it's you, those... you under you you're familiar with it Right. Like, this is gonna be a showdown. There's like, something happening, but you're not clear. It's like you're preparing yourself right. for like me and me and her are gonna get after it tonight, and like or I don't something. know how it's gonna end. There's there's uncertainty and mystery. Yes, yes, and it's a great tag. It's a great tag. The rain is that thing. It's it's what are they saying there? It's raining all over the world. It's, yeah, raining. raining. Yeah, raining all, does that have to do with all over the world. It's raining all over the world tonight. Well, but that goes with the film noir vibe. Uh, when it's raining, it's it's cloudy. Uh, it's gray. It's, but it's what are the I don't have no I know it's raining no lyrics all over before the world. That. It's raining all over the world Tonight's tonight. The longest, the longest night. Yeah, the longest night. So it's like an endless nightmare. Oh, nice endless night that you don't mind being involved in. <laughs> well, no nightmare. No one wants to be involved in a nightmare. <laughs> there is no nightmare that you don't mind being involved in. That's why it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, by definition. By definition. Yeah, no, in an extreme version. I actually don't mind when no, I wake up sometimes more like, and I'm in a nightmare. Talking, I don't mind when crazy. I wake... The waking up is the best part of Waking up is the best part of the nightmare. That's the not, you that's not a part of the nightmare. The more you trip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing, though, is like... This is more like the, 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 the doors. like, the, And that might be like... I don't know if it's like... Nietzsche but like the endless night this is like this is like LA at night this is dark mystery this isn't I wonder where he is he could have been he, I mean I'm, I'm assuming he's in London but maybe in LA right but I'm saying know? the vibe the vibe is that like yeah. like since yes the, it's that the endless war, night that like da, 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 da. the endless night in, the, the, the rain the night. is definitely not in the LA end of the night which but, is like, uh, um the so what, what what about your least favorite part of the song I don't know if I have a least I mean yeah, it's all good. I mean, it's like, you know, what's your least favorite part of the pizza? It's like, I don't know. It's all fucking pizza, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a least favorite part of the song. I would say the outro, like a little bit of the like, you gotta save me, girl. Although I do. But that's classic ELO. Although I do enjoy like the, the at the end of the fade out, um, she says, uh, you gotta save my soul. It, 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 it sounds really cool. But yeah, just that whole, oh, like, he's just cool. kind of screaming. Okay. That will be cut out. <laughs> Can you do that again? <laughs> and a one. And a two. So, <laughs> okay, don't talk. Talk. Don't talk. Talk. Don't talk. So, covers. It's been covered a few times. Asia covered it. Asia. I didn't listen to any covers. Did you? I did not listen I, well, to Well, I knew that you always told me that Band of Horses covered it. Uh, well, so, I, when... 
I knew the song, and this which was which I this was one of, this was one of those things. This was one of those things where I was at a band of horses show years ago, and they played it, and I was like, "That's an ELO song." And I just hadn't heard it since I was a child, so I was like, "So out of context, right?" That's a great song. And then I I went home and I listened to it. I was like, "Oh, I love that song." Yeah, I want to listen to that. Um, and then doing, and then it's it's in Kingpin. Oh, and it sure is. It's yeah. the last oh, and the bowling, showdown, man. The showdown between that was part Bill of my Murray video. When the hair is going back, shit, and oh, he has yeah. the fucking ball yeah. with the rose oh, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that it's that's the big Earn McCracken. McCracken yeah, versus Roy Munson. Munson and McCracken <laughs> showdown. It's raining all over. Because you know what movie that song I think of from that movie is. I know I've got a bad reputation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, but of course. It isn't just, it's a great song. Well, no, but as soon as Roy Munson <laughs> rolls like his second get... strike, like it just boom, 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 just showdown kicks in. You think about it, I mean, it's a perfect song. It's a perfect song. No, it was. It's a perfect song for like sports and stuff. You know, I mean, like I'm oh, so, yeah. it's been used on like Sunday yeah, Night Football it's, before. It's a but... great contextual use of this song because of the word showdown. They're not talking about yes, sports no, no, no. or but anything But you can just all, throw but, that beat into it, the, though, like yeah, into yeah. the third quarter, yeah. and they're oh, just yeah. like, bum, 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 gonna be a showdown. It's like it's forty-two to fucking three, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it still works. <laughs> no, it's the uh, past. Geez. They're coming back. They're coming still... back. Good music makes everything seem. It, it, it stylizes everything. Yeah, I, mean, I think one of the reasons I picked this song, that, like after thinking about it, what is, it, it's kind of the the prelude. This is like the first song where he was kind of putting together what ELO would become. And I love that band, and I love probably there's probably 15 songs of theirs that I really really love. And this was kind of the first one that that he did um, that you know became yeah led to all of those. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and like I said, it was a precursor to a lot of their great hits. Yeah, but it's kind of one yeah. of the hidden, hidden gems of ELO. I'd say. Uh, I, I, do we want to do any suggestions? Oh yeah, uh, Johnny, you got any suggestions for folks who like this tune? I mean, Curtis Mayfield. Is, I suggest that just no matter what someone's asking me about anything. <laughs> um, some of the um, kind of like the. the I mean, once again, it sounds a lot like I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Yeah. You know, that kind of vibe. Bobby Womack, that, which has kind of taken it a <laughs> little further. Bobby. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it, it's that, that definitely that kind of like funky film noir kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Neil? Yeah. Um, I would, well, first of all, I would recommend you listen to a lot of ELO. They're, they're a great band. and That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and this is, uh, there's, there's one thing. One of my buddies, BJ, he... He listens to band, bands exclusively chronologically. Yeah. He'll listen to their whole catalog from start to back. Yeah. And I think that would be a cool thing to do with ELO. It'd be it'd be a long journey. Yeah. It'd be a long so, so long see how journey. they they just there there are there are some great YouTube versions of the song. There's like ten different from Rockaplast to uh, Top of the Pops to the one they did on a rooftop on the River Thames. Um, which is that's not so classic. like at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it's the ones uh, the screenshots yeah, I sent yeah. you last week. So I mean, he looks like a freaking so Wookiee. He's like just Wookie. decked out with his glasses, just crushing it. It's a it's a great video. Um, so I I just suggest listen to plenty of ELO and maybe doing a little YouTube deep dive on this song. Uh, <laughs> 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 I will agree with what y'all said. I'll say listen to I Am The Walrus as well uh, and The Band of Horses. Um, And on that note, we will 
uh, play a cover of this song, and next week will be Jonathan's week to choose. So, Johnny, what are we listening to? Train in Vain by The Clash. Cool, cool. All right. Until then. Can't wait. Ha, 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 ha.